Okay. We are continuing our study in Second Peter. We are going to complete Second Peter chapter one, verses sixteen through the end, and then launch right into the second chapter of Second Peter in, in just a moment. But we welcome each and every one of you as we study God's word together. Um, what what a privilege it is for us to be together. Again, we praise God. Greetings, Christian Faith Baptist Church disciples, saints of the Most High God. Ooh, I'm excited about God's word tonight. Tonight, amen. amen. Um, let's go before the Lord in prayer. Father God, we love you. We honor you. We give you the glory, honor, and praise with much thanksgiving. And now, Lord, as we gather together, um, open up our hearts and minds and that we can um, study your word then Lord, make it apply to our lives and equip us so that we can share the good news with others, that somebody, too, would be touched by the power of the gospel and know yes, you sir. as Savior yes. and Lord. Or somebody may be edified and, and built up, but Lord, mm -hmm. uh, we just thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So tonight, uh, I'm, we're going to continue in Second Peter chapter 1, beginning at verse 16. And I'm going to go ahead and read uh, six, uh, chapter 1, 16 through 21. And then uh, Deacon Brown, at some point, I would like you to read Second uh, Peter chapter 2. Um, so let me start with starting at verse 16. For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father and the voice was borne to him by the majestic glory, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven, for we were with him on the holy mountain. And we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed, to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation, for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So we're going to pause there before we go into chapter two. Uh, but I do want to go back and, and just read verse 15 as well, although it's the, the previous section. But I think this is this is important. And verse 15 of this of chapter one says, and I will make every effort so that after my departure, you may be able to any time to recall these things. So I, I mentioned it last time. This is uh, Peter, part of his apostolic. He's, it's definitely pastoral, but apostolic calling um, to build up the body of Christ and to prepare them for what may lay ahead. Um, and he wants to make sure there's a, a legacy and a deposit of faith. And he doesn't want it to uh, just stand on he himself, but he's preparing them and equipping, helping to equip them uh, that they can stand firm in the word of God. And as you remember before, 
there was a whole list of all the supplements that we can take to be fortified in the Lord, to add to your faith. And we went through all those things and all that was building them up. And this section I may have mentioned before, 16 through 21 is, is a bridge between that first building up and equipping them, filling them with what they need to do. And also the, the resource or the authority of it, because what's going to happen in chapter two, he's going to warn them what's going to come ahead. So let's go back to uh, verse 16, verses 16 through 21. So how does we, he start um, as he's addressing them? And I'll just start from here. We did not devise, cleverly <laughs> devise myths. So the reason why I say it like that is he's making a distinction between what he is about to say and what he will say later about the false teachers and false prophets. And so I want you to uh, kind of hear that in advance. So he's making a dis distinction between what the authority of what he is speaking against what those who will come along later and uh, trying to trip them up. So we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of the Lord Jesus. And he starts to talk about, um, it, it's as if he is saying, and this is the rough translation, and I can't recall what the message Bible translation says, but it says, we're not making up this stuff or simply telling you something we heard secondhand. We saw for ourselves. So we, we know what we're talking about. Again, this is not something that we heard. This is something that we know. And he says there, we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. What is he referring to? What Transfiguration. Event? The transfiguration. transfiguration, both in uh, Matthew as well as in Luke's gospel, in particular Matthew chapter 17 the transfiguration of the lord jesus christ and so he they were eyewitnesses peter james and john who were brought up uh, with jesus to the mount and he saw they saw the glory of god on christ unfolding before them not only saw it but they also what else happened? They saw something for when we received, but we were eyewitnesses. So they saw something of his majesty for when we received honor and glory from God, the father, and the voice was born to him by the majestic glory. This is my beloved son. And I'll go down to verse 18. We ourselves, what? Heard. Heard. So this is what we saw. And what we heard. This is what we heard. We know it for ourselves. So there's kind of this, this is kind of almost like a, not almost like, it is like the personal testimony. And this is all setting up uh, the battle between the truth and the myth or the fable. He's setting this up that this is this is the bedrock. We know it. We are convinced of it. Of it, and I'm laying pouring this out before you. We ourselves heard this voice born from heaven, 
for we would we were with him on the holy mountain. So this being in the presence of God, this is how he is starting off this authoritative uh, declaration. But it doesn't stop there. What happens next? If you look, go, just go down to verses 19 and 20 or 19 through 21. 19 and 20 through 21 are, are critically important. What does he say that he's also kind of validating what they are about to what he, he has he has been talking about to warn them and to instruct them. What's next verses 19 through 21? What does verse 19 say? We have the prophetic word. We have the prophetic word. And when he's talking about the prophetic word, what is he talking, what is he referring to? What does what does this imply? What is this saying? We have the prophetic word more fully confirmed, which is what? Old Testament prophecy. Okay. So the Old Testament prophecy, or succinctly, he's talking about the word of God. Our authority, while, again, Peter starts talking about his testimony, his experience, which is valid in and of itself, but he ultimately refers to what? The prophetic word mm -hmm. or the word of God. So we, we need to know and to value the authority of God's word upon which we can stand. Remember verse 15, what he said, I want to make sure that, you know, when, when I'm gone, so to speak, that you're able to recall these things. And how do we recall these things? Is that we're standing on the prophetic word of God. And what is what are some of the things from this Old Testament that he could be referring to? Well, one of those could be this passage from Isaiah 53. Mm -hmm. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. It could be from Isaiah 9. He shall be called Wonderful Counselor. All of those mm -hmm. prophetic scriptures that all point and direct mm -hmm. them towards, or not just them, but direct us towards Christ Jesus. The word of God is our sure foundation. And so he wants them to know that they can rely on the word of God. What else does he say in 19? Anything else that he says in 19 that stands out? Verse 19. Just take a moment to glance over it again. First, he starts off with the prophetic word, more fully confirmed. What else? It's he compares sight. Say that again. He makes the difference between the light and darkness. The word is the light. Okay. Does anybody know a, a, a very um, um, popular scripture that talks about the word as a light or a lamp? Yes. What is it? 
God's a lamp, a lamp unto my feet. Uh -huh. And a light unto my path. My Psalm path. 119. Yeah. I don't remember exact verse, but it's in Psalm 119. So the word of God is a light or a lamp. Um, and we can look at various scriptures. And by them, your servant is warned. All of those things that talk about the power and authority of God's word to direct, to fill, to full our lot, fill our lives, and what Jesus said in the Gospel of John, and the Spirit of Truth will bring to our remembrance all these things. So we trust the Word of God, but we also know of a certainty that the Holy Spirit will bring all these things back to our remembrance. And so mm -hmm. he brings them back to our remembrance because we have it in there. Amen? Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So once the word of God is, is in there, and, and part of that is to not simply to memorize scripture, and that's that's invaluable, but to really know in depth what, what is God's word speaking so that um, sometimes we may not know chapter and verse, but we certainly know and can, and know what God's word says about certain things. And so if something doesn't sound right, then we can just be in prayer and then the Lord will search and then we'll go back. And there's, there's tools that we can use, search engines and everything. So wait a minute. Now, where, what, where is that scripture found? And so that we can dig deeper. And so God gives us this his word so that we can stand firm. What else? Something we're missing there. It's a, it's a lamp is. shining in a dark place. What else? Mm -hmm. It's still right there in verse 19. The morning star is Jesus rising in our hearts. Okay. Jesus is present there. What else is in there? Take heed. There it is. My translation says, pay attention. Pay <laughs> attention. <laughs> you know, look me in the eyes. I want to make sure that you're hearing me. <laughs> pay attention. And when you pay attention, Eyes of focus, ears, body language, your whole being is directed. So he's saying, pay attention. He said this back in First Peter, be sober, be vigilant, same kind of idea. Pay attention to what God's word has to say so that we can stand firm until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Now, again, he talks about the word of God. Let's go to verse 20. What does verse 20 say? Knowing that this is the first prophecy of the scripture. Well, let's, re let's reread that again. Yeah. Knowing that first of all, what? That no prophecy of scripture there is, is the private interpretation. Okay. Talk to me. What's the implication? What is that saying? 
that stricter is God breathed prophecy. Oh, okay, okay. Not man made. Yes. Not man. God's God's word is God breathed. Okay. What else? So here's here's what I want you to just because there are many people that would relegate uh, the Bible to just someone's opinion, but it's it's saying no, mm -mm. this is not someone's opinion. No, this is not someone's philosophy. Right. So it's making clear, again, I'm trying to set up for what's going to come in chapter two, because the false teachers and false prophets were doing their own thing. So he's making a clear distinction that this is not just some run of the mill, not some just uh, brand new thinking. This prophecy is not by someone's own interpretation. And now verse 21 tells us. What does verse 21 say? No prophecy. No prophecy was done by man. Came mm -hmm. from man. And I like how it reads in the ESV. No prophecy was ever. <laughs> ever. <laughs> no prophecy was ever. Ever. Every <clears throat> word of God authoritative y'all 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 got that yeah not, so not sim not simply the red letter red letter words in Matthew or Mark or Luca John's gospel Mm -hmm. All of it. Not one crossing of the T or dotting of the I. No prophecy was ever produced by the will of man. And Paul advised us to study, to show ourselves approved, that we might be workmen that are rightly Dividing the word of truth. The word of truth. Mm -hmm. But men spoke from God. How? By the Holy Spirit. The Holy, Holy Spirit. Yeah. Holy Spirit. I, I want us to, to read that whole thing because it's important. It's not produced as they were. And the word that, again, I have, I'm reading from mainly from the ESV, but men spoke from God as they were moved, moved by the Holy Spirit or carried along, carried along. by the Holy Spirit. Uh, Deacon Brown mentioned the, or referred to or made a reference to the second Timothy three passage, all scripture is God breathed Amen. and is profitable 
for instructing in righteousness that the person of God may be thoroughly equipped unto every good work. So again, that same passage, 2 Timothy 3, 15, 16, that God breathed from the spirit, not of man, mm -hmm. but of God. Yeah. We can trust God's word. And that word is is it's, it's interesting as you look at it in the uh, in the Greek language, the the word is pharaoh. P h e r o. Mm -hmm. Where we get our word ferry. So we they were ferried along, mm -hmm. or carried along, or moved by the spirit of God. It was not their own doing, but the Spirit of God. So do can we trust God's word? Is it merely man's or a person's philosophy or teaching? Is that what it is? Is this just no, Paul no. or Luke or whoever's philosophy? No, absolutely no, 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 no. Is any prophecy just of their own opinion or own accord? Absolutely not. No, no. never. And 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 it's it's hard to explain. How did it happen? As they were carried along by the spirit. What did they know? You know were they just in, in this? You know, were they just in a trance? God worked. I don't know exactly how it happened, but I do know that there's a spirit of God that inspired, breathed, moved them along, carried them along to pen and to speak and to declare what in the King James, thus saith the Lord. Amen? Amen. Why is that important? Why is our, our trust in the word of God important? Why is it so important for us to embrace the whole thing? I want us to think about what what is what's the big what's the big deal? Because that's what we live by. We got that to live by. Okay. That's why it's important for us to live by. That's our life. What else? Why is that so that not, important? That, that we not doubt that we not doubt God's word. That yes. we truly learn to believe that this is indeed the word of God given by the Faith Holy Spirit. Increase. Yeah. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing, hearing the word of God faith increase why is it so important God say, i mean the whole thing i mean leviticus chapter 14 verse 3 the whole thing leviticus yeah the whole thing and and here's where i just want you to to hear this when we start 
trying to parse the word of God out and say, well, this, this still applies. That does not, not that's, this is, or rather, this is the word of God. That is mm-hmm. not, not. Then we run in danger of, well, by what authority are we speaking? Mm-hmm. If we start taking out bits and pieces of the word of God. Through the Holy Spirit. Then we are saying that God's word doesn't apply. Then somebody else can say, well, if this doesn't apply, then, or this is not authoritative, then this is not authoritative. And I'm trying to use the word authoritative rather than apply, because certainly as we go back in the Old Testament, we don't still sacrifice, but, and we don't still sacrifice and all those other things. But you really, we have to really dig deeper to find out what those things meant and mean. Those were about, if you read carefully what the law was, it was about how to have a relationship with God. That's mm-hmm. right. It was how to have relationship with each other. You read it carefully and all these cleansing. That was their early, uh, what I'll call public health. They were trying to protect the community with all these things about leprosy and taking all those things apart. As in other words, we're protecting the community. Mm-hmm. The gleaning part, taking care of the fatherless and the and all those things and how you produce. And one of the things it talks about in the Old Testament is rest. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jubilee. Yeah. Justice. There's mm. nothing wrong with those things. And so we may not practice and apply in terms of the law, but guess what the good news is? Mm. The good news is Christ completed. He is the fulfillment of that law. And in him, the full law is being met in us through Jesus Christ. Mm. Through the power of the Spirit. Knowing God's word. So all this is as a setup of, again, tr- God's word is trustworthy. Mm. Yes. Don't believe the lie. Z. We can depend on God's word. Okay. Sort of puts me in mind of the analogy about bank tellers that they show them the real thing enough times before they let them get out there with the public so that when the false comes, they can tell it from the truth. Yes. Amen. And might we also say that looking at the Old and New Testaments, that the setting might be different, Mm -hmm. but the message is still the same. Amen. Amen. The eternal word of God. Just think about that for a moment. So if if God's word is authoritative and that important, what does that mean for us? Again, I think it was already referenced from the second Timothy the second Timothy, first Timothy 2 15 passage study <laughs> to show yourself mm-hmm. approved. Know God's word is vitally important so that we can have 
that kind of discernment. We'll we'll get more into that when we get into the second second chapter. So we're going to begin, um, Deacon Brown, uh, unless somebody has any other questions or thought in just that passage. Remember, okay, you're equipped with all these things, the supplement fortified. I want to make sure you get this and and know of a certainty. God's word is true. Trust God's word so that now we're going to go into chapter two. Uh, Deacon Brown, let me let me see where I want how far I want you to read because I know we won't get very far. I just make one one last one, one more comment uh, first in John one. In the beginning was the Word. The yes. Word was with God. The Word was God. This Word has been in existence for eternity. <laughs> it's the same yesterday as today. it is today. Through it would be throughout eternity. God, Amen. Word. It will never fail. I'm unchanging, unalterable, um, the authority of God's word. Uh, Deacon Brown, let's go with, uh, for now, just read verses one through three. Okay. Destructive doctrines. I'm reading from the New King James Version. Sure. But there were also false prophets even as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them and bring on themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their destructive ways because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. By covetousness, they will exploit you with deceptive words. For a long time, their judgment has not been idle and their destruction does not slumber. One yes, just, yeah, just stop there at verse three, because I want us to look at those, the false prophets, false teachers, and just begin to look at that a little closer. Now, who, I, I won't necessarily work, try to start with a working definition, but I mean, we all have a, an understanding. So when it talks about false prophets and, and teachers, what is he talking about? What, are the, what is Peter warning them about? And we've gone through several of Paul's letters. So it's just, this some of this is going to be uh, repeat. But just so we can have an understanding, we're talking about false prophets and false teachers. What, what's, what's, what's going on there? Those who, go ahead. Those who would deny the truth of, of Christ's teachings, of, of the word, and would seek to dissuade, mislead, and deceive. Uh-oh. You must Amen. you must have been a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> there's that there's that uh teacher coming out. There's that three points in there. Amen. False prophet. What's a prophet? Just generally speaking, what's a prophet? One who foretells the future. One who either foretells or foretells, but it's a, a spokesperson. Person. Mm -hmm. Someone who speaks. False teachers. What's a false teacher? Someone who, of course, teaches falsehood. So these prophets, mm -hmm. those yeah. who 
and and the reason why this is again this is important because we have the same thing those who claim authority and even would use the title prophet those who claim to speak for god and let me just go back for a second make sure not you don't think i'm trying to cast aspersion on anybody who does use the term prophet because there's some people that do from a denominational and all that so i don't mean to demean any group that uses that title okay having said that we're talking about the false prophets here those who claim to speak for god okay. or authoritatively are those false teachers that are teaching false doctrines remember all that he set up before we can trust what god's word, word. Mm -hmm. so how do we discern truth from falsehood it's through god's word what reference what sources can we use god's Bible. word and again yes, he uses teaches teachers and you know godly teachers and prophets and teachers and pastors and all that he has designed but still the ultimate reference point is god's, god's word word mm -hmm. okay since i mentioned the b-i-b-l-e that's the book for me yes <laughs> The B-I-B-L-E, standing on God's word. And so let, let's just talk about knowing God's word, understanding God's word. And since we have, I know we have a few teachers here. You all need to help me. So there's a, a, a I guess, a framework that's used. It's called Bloom's Taxonomy. I know the teachers remember any of that, Bloom's Taxonomy. Well, if you if you don't, we're gonna get a little review. And so it's at different levels. And the the first level is knowledge. Mm -hmm. You just you know know some scriptures and you know, that's you know John 3 16. You can quote some scriptures, and that's kind of the, the baseline. Um, sometimes you can recite. Then the next level is understanding or comprehension so not only do you just you know the facts now you're able to understand um, begin to understand putting things together comprehend what is it saying that's kind of what we're doing in bible study we're reading god's word and then we begin to comprehend and the next is the application which is where we're starting to grow to how do i now how do i make sense of this and apply it to different situations the next level is analysis how does this fit fit in how can i differentiate make a difference between what is true and false because i have a knowledge i understand i'm able to apply it but now i need to really dig a little bit deeper and it continues to grow and the reason why i say this and there's other steps but i'll just stop there our growth and our, our understanding, application, and all the way is how we put things together. It needs to continue to grow and to expand so we know the relationships between the Old Testament and the New Testament, between what Paul is teaching and Peter is teaching and putting it all together so that 
we can be thoroughly equipped with what God has for us, not staying on a superficial level, but really discerning what thus saith the Lord and applying it not only to our lives, but to be able to reproduce that in others. In other words, so that we can be makers of disciples, knowing God's authoritative word. And so we start off with, um, but false prophets and all those, and false prophets also wrote most among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you who will what? Secretly. So decept, what was it? Deceive, dissuade, and I can't remember what your third one was in there. And so it says secretly trying to bring in stuff, but one of the things, even denying the master or Christ Jesus. <laughs> Alarms, bells, and whistle, whistles should go off in our hearts, our minds, every part of our being. If anyone tries to deny Christ Jesus as Savior and Lord, who tries to bring in that there's some other way, But because we know God's word that says, I am, meaning Christ, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And, and so we, as, as false teachers or whoever would come up and try to introduce things, we, because we know the word of God, that we're able to be discerning about these things. And it says, and bringing themselves swift destruction. What is that referring to? And this is where our knowledge and understanding of the Old Testament would be helpful here. Mm -hmm. There is a passage in uh, Leviticus prophet, chapter. Go ahead. I was going to say, I, I don't know the same scripture, but if a prophet prophesies it doesn't come true, you put him to death. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. And so how how does any prophecy line up with the truth of God's word? So Leviticus 10, and then we won't go back to the actual scripture itself, but in Leviticus 10, verses 1 through 3, and you can write it down as your reference point. There are two sons of Aaron. Nadab and Abihu. Nadab and Abihu. And if you read the passages before in chapter 9 and, and before that, God has spent some detailed time telling them, this is how you are to approach me. This is acceptable worship. This is my requirement. Mm -hmm. and, it, it, and of course, we don't know time, but whatever the time frame was, these two sons of Aaron decided to do their own thing, and as it says in the scripture, offer up strange fire. Strange fire. Mm -hmm. They tried to do it their own way. God had already given the requirement. This is what I require. This is how you approach me. 
This is true worship. Remember what it says in John. Those that worship me was those that worship worship in spirit and in truth. Nadab and Abihu tried to introduce their own way of doing thing, and it says that God immediately mm-hmm. consumed them with fire. Mm-hmm. Touched. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not asking that any of you pray that God would consume the false prophets or false teachers with fire. But what it ref- what it referenced was the importance of doing things God's way. Mm-hmm. But the false prophets and teachers, they brought these false teachings and it brought swift destruction. <laughs> and there's a few things, and this will kind of get ready to close uh, these last two verses, and I'll, I'll kind of go go through them. These are the things that they begin to, examples of things that they introduce. Verse 2, many will follow what? Destructive Sensuality. Yeah. Introducing various things of sexual immorality. Sexual mm-hmm. immorality, and we won't go through the list of what all that means. Let's go back to Romans chapter one. Mm-hmm. So, one thing that gets introduced is lax or promoting sensuality and sexuality above everything else, hedonism, just self pleasure above pleasing God. The second thing they introduce. Oh, and, and as a result of that, it says the way is blasphemed. They're just, y'all just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. But even if someone says that, no one, and this is going back to Romans, no one is without excuse. That does not we mean we excuse the behavior. But nobody can say, well, since they're doing it, must be okay. No, God has a standard. So the sensuality. Second thing they introduce in their what? Greed. In their greed. Mm-hmm. And how does that come out? Exploitation of people mm-hmm. and overemphasis on money and as as the, the King James would be the filthy lucre thinking that this is going to be great gain seek for power rather than serving mm. Pastor. Yes. Yes. Can I read this from uh, Second Timothy? Uh, in it's uh, in chapter two, verse fourteen, it says dealing with false teachers. It says keep reminding God's people of these things. Warn them before God against quarreling about words. It is of no value and only ruins those who listen. 
Amen. You know, and what that was a, a good example of linking what we know of other passages in God's word and just see how they all work together. And so and, and these and that's why I said these two that we mentioned are examples. But if we go to those passages in, in Titus and Timothy, there are warnings over and over again. Back in Acts, as Paul is talking to the Ephesian elders, warning and warning, these things will come. Going back to what he said before, pay attention. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Listen. Observe. Don't buy into the lie. Don't let down because everybody else is doing. Yeah. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. Oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, I mean, that's really a, a, a hard one. Mm -hmm. and, and it really causes us to chat, uh, think about, you know, what are the things that, you know, we want to maybe try different things, but we also have to do it in line with what God's word says. And if we go, you know, if we do try to do things just to please everybody, or are we really trying to worship God in spirit and in truth, we're trying to live for God and promote God's kingdom. Oh, we're trying right. to build our own kingdom. And, you know, two things that, that unfortunately we're seeing in so church, so-called church sometimes, is the sexual immorality that anything goes. Are you still a Christian? You know that as long as your soul is saved, you can do whatever you want to with your body because your soul is saved. But that is so far from the truth. And then the prosperity theology, you know, you bring your money, Sort of like the indulgences, you know, in the Catholic yep. Church. You bring your money, then you mm -hmm. your sins are forgiven. But that ain't the word of God. No. So that's why I would say, yes, Ecclesiastes. There's, there's nothing new under the sun. Nope. And so it's not like, or even in Paul, we are, and I say in Paul, in Ephesians, we are not unaware of his devices. So these things we know, or again, these things are written for our example. So we can be watchful, not have walking around with a critical spirit, thinking we're better than anybody else, because that's not of God either. Amen. That's right can't walk around as if we're hyper-spiritual, but we certainly walk in love and humility because we need God's grace. And the one who thinks that he or she stands, take heed, take heed. lest he fall. So I wanted to make sure I put that in there is we're being watchful. It's not mm -hmm. done with the air of superiority is done with humility because we want to live right we want to be right we want to do god's will as also to be those that help to protect the flock of god mm. that we will not stray from him so we're going to stop there we'll pick up at verse four 
uh, next week, Lord will. I know this is kind of some heavyweight stuff, but this is what God's word wants us to challenge us again, to know God's word and to be aware of all the things that we uh, need to take heed to or pay attention to because these are the last days and these are these days are evil and what people ought we to be as we are living out our faith as we are kingdom seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness uh, so that we may be thoroughly equipped people of God amen 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 well thanks be to God let's um, close with a time of prayer, lifting up our prayer.